Jermaine Jones, you messed with the wrong set of soccer fans, my friend. Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710, presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2017 Toyota Camry LA today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, PuenteHillsToyota.com. Great sponsors, great supporters of the world's game here on ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the best soccer show in the history of radio. I don't say that lightly. We're in season two. We're already there. This is the best soccer radio show you've ever heard or will ever hear. And I got to start right now. What's on tap tonight on Soccer Weekly? It's sponsored by Pocock Brewing. Our great friends there. Visit PocockBrewing.com to see what's on tap right now in their tasting room. Pocock Brewing Company. Embrace life. Drink good beer. What is going on? What's on tap on our show? Jermaine Jones, shame on you. Former Galaxy midfielder. Did you hear what I said there? Former. Didn't get his option picked up. Essentially released by the Galaxy. And not to say that Jermaine Jones had a bad year last season. He did. But that's not for me to say that in terms of what I'm about to argue with you about over Jermaine Jones if you're sitting there defending him. And you know, if you follow the Galaxy at all, even if you don't, you're driving on the 710, you just love great radio, so you tune in every week here on this special Thursday edition. And maybe you don't really follow the game. Let me explain it to you. Jermaine Jones signed for the Galaxy at a way too old of an age for the money he was getting. Nearly, what, seven hundred and fifty grand, roughly last year. That's a lot for MLS cap dollars. And he got hurt a little bit. Now, in fairness... Jermaine Jones always played hard this last season for the Galaxy when he was on the pitch. I have no doubt of that. He wanted to win. He is a true competitor. I applaud his time with the U.S. men's national team over the years. That does not give you a free pass to do what he did after the Galaxy let him go. You know, he's supposed to be a professional, and it happens. He made too much money. He was banged up, didn't have a great year. You know you're going, Jermaine. And he went on to uh, social media and multiple reports say, I think it was uh, a bunch of people on uh, social media, Twitter, were tweeted out, how he basically said, Galaxy fans, blanket statement, LA Galaxy fans don't really care about the little guys on the team. They only want to root for the superstars. Shame on you, Jermaine Jones. You could not be more wrong. Got nothing against Jermaine personally. Don't really know him. Seems like a really above-the-board guy. Again, busted his hump every time he went on the pitch, which was few and far between with injury. But when he was out there, he played hard. Not the point. How dare you call out my L.A. Galaxy fans? Have you ever heard, Jermaine Jones, of guys like Mike McGee or Alan Gordon? Galaxy legends? Not exactly household names. They're not Landon Donovan. They're not David Beckham. I bet you, Jermaine, you didn't even know who those guys were when you were playing over in Germany. I bet you you had no idea who those guys were. And if you did, it might have only been of a slight association through the U.S. men's national team. Legends with the L.A. Galaxy. You probably don't even know who Andrew Shue is other than somebody who played at Beverly Hills 90210. And it wasn't that. I know it was Melrose. (laughs) See, that's the point, Jermaine. You probably thought he was from the Beverly Hills 90210. I think that's where Jermaine Jones might have lived this past year, actually. You don't even know that Andrew Shue 
Melrose Place superstar played for the Galaxy. So don't tell me about our Galaxy fans don't root for every. They only root for the superstar. That's just patently untrue, and I'm not going to put up with it. You're not getting away with it here on Soccer Weekly, Jermaine. I'm calling you out. 877-710-ESPN. And I know you're listening. 877-710-3776. We'll let you on to talk about it. Hopefully to apologize to Galaxy fans for what you said. It was shameful and wrong. I understand it's human nature. The dude's upset. Act like with some class. Act professional. You don't go saying that about Galaxy fans. Galaxy fans are as good as it gets. My LA Galaxy is supported and then some. Over 20 plus thousand every game went down to see that garbage you and your friends put out, Jermaine, this year. The worst team in MLS. One of the worst teams in MLS history. Not by the numbers, but they were dreadful. So don't you tell me about my LA Galaxy fans. How dare he? Not getting away with it here. The Galaxy did decline options on a lot of players, and rightfully so. Some of them may be brought back. Maybe they'll try to renegotiate. Don't suspect that'll be with Jermaine Jones, however. <laughs> but they did do it, you know, knock out a couple of, uh, nobody really majorly surprising. There's only a few, what, I don't know, 15-some guys left on the roster. And remember, there's the expansion draft coming up where they'll have to expose a few players, but only five players can be chosen by LAFC throughout the league. Dare I say, I doubt they're going to touch any Galaxy player. Maybe, but highly unlikely. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776 is the number to get involved. 877-710-3776. How do you feel about Jermaine Jones? If you're a Galaxy fan calling you out, if you're an MLS fan, do you buy what Jermaine Jones was trying to sell about the LA Galaxy? And I know you may hate the Galaxy, but be honest about it. Realistically, he's wrong. Even if I wasn't a diehard Galaxy fan, which I am, he's wrong. And he knows it. He was probably frustrated and upset. Tough. You don't get a free pass for that. That's unacceptable. I am Dave Donahoe. This is Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710, presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Again, 877-710-ESPN. If you want to hit me up on Twitter with your thoughts, you can follow the show and follow me at Talk Soccer. You know, imagine just like you would uh, imagine it's spelled. Guess what? It's uh, nice and easy. Football with an O. Oh, no. Soccer hater Al already hitting me up on Twitter. What a jerk he is. Only Jermaine Jr. only told the truth. At Jermaine Jr. is Jermaine Jones' Twitter handle. At Jermaine Jr. only told the truth. Why are you so mad, bro? Shut up, soccer hater Al on Twitter. I can't believe he's even living there. At soccer hater Al. It's not true. It's patently untrue. Blatantly, and it's absolutely false. It was out of anger and disgust. It happens. I've yelled at some people out of anger and disgust in my life and wasn't proud of it. Hopefully, Jermaine Jones has learned his lesson. Hopefully, he thinks he was wrong, because he was. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. We go to the phones. We'll begin in Echo Park. First up is Donald. Donald, welcome to Soccer Weekly with Dave Dunholm on ESPN LA 710. Oh, man, thank you so much. Uh, Long-time listener, first-time caller, man. Um, 
definitely just wanted to jump in on what you were saying with Jermaine Jones, and I totally agree with you, man. I feel like it's kind of a bummer to think that someone like that that has been in the league for so long would say something like that. It feels kind of immature on his end. I think he kind of misunderstands, like, the fact that, like, you know, the MLS, you know, just like any other professional sport, is just trying to get bigger and better. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you need the right people to do that. And I think, like, for him, I would think that, like, you know, everyone has a time in their youth to make it in, in every industry. And, you know, time comes and goes, and you are playing a physical sport. I mean, I would have thought, like, he'd be a little bit smarter and kind of try to figure out his next move. I mean, I mean, I don't see how he thought he'd be on the field forever. But, you know, if I'm him, I'd try to see if I could build some solid relationships with the Galaxy, maybe come on as a coach or something after the fact. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see why that – I mean, that's kind of a bummer, you know, because there's a lot of people who look up to the MLS. There's future players trying to be on the MLS, and, and they probably look up to him, and then they say something like that. That sounds really salty. Yep. I agree. I agree, Donald, and great phone call. Appreciate that, Donald, at Echo Park. He's absolutely right. And the problem with it is Jermaine Jones is speaking out of ignorance. Does he not remember the kind of grief David Beckham got at first when he was here? He was not beloved. First of all, he was beloved right away because it was the Galaxy signing David Beckham, and it was the biggest move in the history of MLS other than forming the league, and it always will be. It doesn't matter if the Galaxy signed Cristiano Ronaldo or MLS signs Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi on the same day. The biggest move of all time and always will be was David Beckham. He started it all. But th- remember, it was it was euphoria at first. But guess what? It turned sour. Does Jermaine Jones not remember this? Galaxy fans were all over David Beckham after he wanted to get that loan to AC Milan. And he didn't really immediately start out as hot as, you know, and playing a ton and with the LA Galaxy member, because he still had designs on the World Cup, potentially, so he went out on loan, and Galaxy fans were giving it to Beckham when he was first here all the time. So don't tell me it's just only about the stars. Nobody fell in love with Steven Gerrard as an LA Galaxy member. There was a bunch of Liverpool, there was a bunch of Liverpool fans at the games who loved him from his past with Liverpool. Nobody fell in love with Gerrard as a Galaxy player. It was a blip on the radar for us. Don't give me that. You know why we loved Carlos Ruiz? He put the ball in the back of the net. And he was great. And he hustled his butt off for the Galaxy. We didn't just love Landon Donovan because he's Landon freaking Donovan. He put the ball in the net. You know why we love Robbie Keane? He did those little somersaults while he's scoring 20 goals a year. Get out of here, Jermaine Jones. Go away. 877-710-ESPN. Coming up, Shahan Ahmed. European football columnist for Yahoo Sports. We're going to talk some Champions League and so much more. Still getting to more of that Jermaine Jones garbage. Soccer Weekly, Dave Dunham and you on ESPN LA 710. You're darn right. This is Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Dunham and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California. Jermaine Jones, we are not letting you off the hook. Call in Jermaine. I know you're listening, Jermaine. 816 and some seconds here uh, flying by on a Thursday. I know you're listening. You always do. 877-710-3776. Jermaine, you go right to the front of the line. But right now, I want to talk with the European football columnist for Yahoo Sports. He covers the beautiful game, the European version. Shahan Ahmed making his appearance here for the first time on Soccer Weekly, and we are uh, pleased to have him. Shahan, thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Shahan, let's break down this. Uh, I love looking at the Champions League. I cover the Champions League, full disclosure, for Fox. And uh, it has been, you know, certainly some uh, 
some stuff going on where you're like, yes, of course. And then there's some, hmm, some head scratches. We'll start with some of the yes, of course, boy. PSG, Shahan. I mean, we knew they'd be good, of course, with the moves for Neymar and bringing in Kylian Mbappe. But, wow, I mean, this team looks unstoppable. Yeah, 24 goals scored and only one conceded. Um, Yeah, I I think it's safe to say that they are the number one challenger if you had to pick a challenger against Real Madrid. Neymar has been spectacular. Edison Cavani really doesn't get nearly as much credit as he should. And then Kylian Mbappe has just come in and and really fit in perfectly. But, you know, their midfield is really, really strong. You look at guys like Verratti and and Rabiot is actually one of those guys that kind of flies under the radar. But really all all around, I'm really impressed with how they look. Before the season started, I actually had them as listed as the, the, fir- the only team that I really thought had a really good chance at dethroning Real Madrid. I'm not saying that they're going to do it, but yeah. if I had to put money on it preseason, it was going to be them. And through the group stages, I mean, at this point, yes, technically they still have to play Bayern Munich, and technically they could finish second in the group, but that would... You know, they'd have to lose by more than three goals, and I don't see that happening. Yeah, I agree, Shahan. You know, it's funny, you, you, you kind of say that, yes, they could lose to Real Madrid. Like, that's the thing about the Champions League. You get the wrong draw and forget oh, yeah. about it. You know, that's the beauty of it. I mean, it doesn't matter, in a sense, how well you've played to get – you just got to get out of your group, and then it's a fresh start, admittedly. And, you know, PSG has certainly been hot. Real Madrid has not been fantastic all season long, whether it's La Liga or – here in the, I mean, admittedly, Borussia Dortmund fell flat on their face in Group H, but Tottenham, this is a team that intrigues me, Sean. They're so young. They play really at times some excellent football. Pochettino knows what he's doing. You know, they're, they're willing to play different styles to kind of beat teams. What, are your, what do you make of Spurs? I like Spurs a lot, but, you know, preseason, I, didn't, I actually thought that they would fall out of the top four, which was kind of going out on the limb because they, I think the last two years have been the best team in England. Yeah based on football. I mean, if you just look at, you know, they, were, they were probably better than Leicester City the year Leicester won it, and they were probably the best team last year, save for Chelsea, because Chelsea went on that crazy run. But really, on the, on the whole, the last two years combined, you would say Spurs have been the most consistent side in England. I thought that they might be a little bit thin, because I thought that they would advance out of the group stage of the Champions League. But, uh, you know, a couple of results recently, I mean, they're down to seventh now. Burnley is ahead of them. They, you know, top six is what we always talk about in the Premier League. They're not in the top six right now. And I do think that they're going to easily get back in the top six because I think they are very well managed and I think they have a really good squad. Harry Kane looks like he's back fit again. And, you know, they had a ton of chances on the weekend, but they didn't get the result. And at the end of the day, the Premier League, it's a league. It's about results. And I'm not convinced that they're going to necessarily I, – I mean, I don't think they're going to challenge at all for the Premier League at this point. They're, they're so far, far behind City, but they're not alone in that. They're just – at this point, what is it? They're 15 points back of Manchester – no, 16 points back of Manchester City. I don't see them coming back in the title race. So I think at this point they're just shooting for top four and in the Champions League to make some noise. But, you know, this is still a relatively young squad. I'm not entirely sure that this is going to be their year in Europe or domestically. And, you know, the move to Wembley, it's the first year there. You kind of expected some growing pains, especially how they performed last year there. And they had some of those initially. It looks like they've settled a little bit. But at this point, 
I'm not expecting them to have any trophies at the end of the season. We're talking with European football columnist for Yahoo Sports, Shahan Ahmadi joins us here on Soccer Weekly. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to ESPN LA 710. Shahan, you mentioned Tottenham briefly. You know, the thing about Christian Eriksen and, uh, you know, Tottenham is Eriksen was, I mean, they were he, they were in a battle just to get to the World Cup. I think a lot of that is has really affected Tottenham because they are so young. But we stay in England with the team you mentioned, the Citizens. My t- pick before the season started to win the premiership. What is it about Pep Guardiola this season? Like it takes that one year to get adjusted, I guess. And now all of a sudden they're just unstoppable. Yeah. You and me both. I actually picked them to win the premier league too. Cause um, you know, Man City came out to LA and they were here and I actually got to catch up with Pep a little bit. And I, you know, just talking to him, they spent so much money in, in the off season, but they spent it in meaningful ways. Mm-hmm. They, they really, took out some of the older players, especially on the fullbacks, and they replaced them with guys that are going to be around for five, six, seven years. And, you know, you look at guys like Mendy, who's hurt, but still, Pep's been able to adjust and put Fabian Delph on that left side, and it's really worked out well for him. But really, the, the heart of this team, I've said even since last year, is really the, the two wingers up top, and it, it's Sané and it's Sterling. And I know that, you know, they, they brought in... Bernardo Silva and, and David Silva and De Bruyne have been amazing. De Bruyne, particularly, you could argue, is the best player in the Premier League this year. And Aguero's scoring goals left and right. Gabriel Jesus is an incredible talent. But really, when you look at what causes the issues, it, it's, it's those guys on the outside, their pace. Just no one can really keep up with them. And those guys aren't going anywhere. They're so young that I think that Manchester City is on the verge of really building a Premier League dynasty and we don't see that that often in, in the Premier League, especially. But this team has the talent. They have the right coach in place. And, you know, one thing struck me in the offseason when I was asking Pep about this. He said, it doesn't matter who the manager is. We're buying the right players. These guys are really, really top-notch players. And whether it's me or somebody else, I, I think Manchester City is going to be fine beyond just me. Yeah. And it, it really speaks to the level of talent that he's brought in. And, you know, you're looking at a record start. They're on 40 points already. It's, it's amazing. It, when you watch them play, they are, you, you could say, the most exciting team in Europe, and I don't think you would get much of an argument back. Uh, it's it's incredible what they've been doing. We're talking with Shahan Ahmed. He's the uh, European football columnist for Yahoo Sports, joining me here on Soccer Weekly. Shahan, you know, I want you to point to, and I have two two uh, teams in my mind. Now, we're basically done with the group stage. We're going to be covering one more, you know, this coming week, the final group stage game. There are some things still up for grabs. There are some spots that have already been secured. Besides the Barcelonas, Real Madrid, and the PSG, and the Man City, I'm talking, find me that team maybe that people aren't expecting to do well. I've got two in my mind that I really have been impressed with. Is there somebody who stands out as not the biggest named club, but could still do damage in the knockout stage? I mean, you know, Sevilla's pedigree just in terms of they have an incredible home home advantage. And, you know, you saw that with Liverpool in the second half of, of the last match day. I don't think that they're necessarily going to cause too much noise, but when you're trying to go and extend out, it's hard to not say that they could cause an upset just because one of those legs is at the you know at the Sanchez Pizjuan, and that's the stadium I've actually been had the pleasure of covering a match there, and the crowd is incredible, the best atmosphere I've ever witnessed live. Um, so I think that that would be tough. Plus, you know, they have the pedigree in terms of winning the Europa League and being good in knockout competitions. I think that one one team that you you kind of have to pay some attention to is if they sneak in is Napoli. 
And I, I know that they're in third place right now, and it's, it's not a surety by any means that they get in there. But if they do squeeze in, you know, you saw them play Man City twice and play them pretty darn even. I would not want to play Napoli. They're, they're the best team in Italy right now. There's actually a huge match between them and Juventus tomorrow on Friday. And I, I think that they're not a deep squad, but the way that Dries Mertens is playing, it was, you know, Insigne and Callejon just matching up. And, and you really look at their midfield, too. Their coaching is, a, is, is, is definitely the best in Italy right now. They play a really fast, up-tempo style of game. I would not overlook Napoli if they make it into the next round. Now, you know, you say, how can they make it in? Well, it's really not that out of the, uh, out of the question because Man City beating Shakhtar Donetsk in Donetsk would essentially let Napoli in if they beat Feyenoord, which is Feyenoord's been awful. They haven't won a single match, and they've lost all five. So I, I would not count on Napoli right now. And, you know, in, in Champions League, it goes head-to-head as a tiebreaker, and they have the head-to-head tiebreaker over Shakhtar. So if they get in, I would not want to match up against them in the round of 16. It's who, such, who are you thinking about? It's there? such a shame, Shahan, how, how badly you're wrong about Napoli and how, how right you were about Sevilla. Well, one out of two ain't bad for the kid. It's, uh, you know, no, I'm kidding, Sean. But you thinking uh, Roma or what? You know, I like Donetsk, actually, and I know it's going to be tough against City, but, boy, they're a lot less scared than people think, right? Immediately you think, oh, Donetsk in that group, they're, of course, going to finish last. It's, it's, that's just the old biases. I, I have loved, and Turkish clubs have been such a disaster. Oh. Right. They've been such a disaster the last few years, whether it's Galatasaray or Besiktas. In Europe, they've been a colossal failure. But this Besiktas team is not afraid of anyone. It just And I, I know they got a nice group. You know, it was a good draw, realistically. It was a tough group in the sense that anybody could win it. But, and I, but I know it wasn't the most difficult group. But I tell you, Shahan, Besiktas is, is a team I don't want to see in the round of 16. Yeah, it's funny. It's like the resurgence of Ryan Babel. Yes, I, absolutely. I you haven't heard for maybe like five years at all. And all of a sudden, almost every match day, it's like his name pops up as a goal. And Quaresma is just, look, he's got his issues, but, I mean, the guy is talented, you know. Oh, he changes talented. games, you know, and he changes he changes 15 minutes at a time on the pitch for Besiktas right now. And Babel, like you said, he's hot. I, I don't If that defense can hold up at all, against a really top-quality team, they could cause some trouble. Yeah, I'll give you, you know what, I'll give you respect on that one, only for the fact that I would not want to travel to Turkey on a match day oh. in the Champions League. <laughs> that, that crowd, I mean, just think about the away fans. You're, le- you're literally worried for your life. Yeah, <laughs> people don't quite understand what Turkey and football, what it means to them there, and these club teams. It is just ridiculous. Shahan Ahmed, thanks so much. I love it. I actually love your Napoli pick, too. they got a way, a way too much talent. I think you're right about that. European football columnist for Yahoo Sports. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure for uh, checking out the Champions League with you. We'll do it again sometime very soon. Maybe we can even have him in the studio, Mario. Right? He's LA. Are you L.A.-based? I am L.A.-based, Oh, yes. come on. you got to come in and hang out. Shahan, yeah, we'll do it sometime, definitely. Absolutely. Thanks so much for taking the time. Shahan Ahmed, European football uh, columnist for Yahoo Sports, joining me here on Soccer Weekly. I really appreciate that. I am going to tell you, coming up, about one of the worst football soccer matches I've seen in my life. One of the worst games these eyeballs have ever had the disfortune or misfortune or displeasure of witnessing for 90 plus minutes still to come here on soccer weekly i am dave denholm and you are enjoying soccer weekly here on espn la 710 still to come 
I'm going to tell you about the worst piece of garbage football match I've watched in my entire life. It was dreadful. Soccer Weekly, Dave Dunhamman, you here on ESPN LA 710. Got to recap and reset the Jermaine Jones story. Jermaine Jones, former LA Galaxy midfielder. He was uh, let go by the team because he makes way too much money and wasn't any good last season and was injured and all that. He mouthed off on social media telling uh, us, LA Galaxy fans and MLS fans, how LA Galaxy fans only really cheer for the big names. They don't appreciate the smaller, you know, quote-unquote lesser-known players. What a load of garbage. And he's dead wrong. It was disgraceful, those comments. Disgraceful to LA Galaxy fans. Shame on you, Jermaine Jones. You didn't have any problem taking our money all season long. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. 7103776 if you don't do the whole ESPN thing, which I hate too sometimes with the letters thing. You know, when everybody does the letter thing, it takes me forever. Let's go to Andrew in Long Beach. Andrew, you're next up here on Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. What's up? Hey, man. I just want to do a. I just want to say, you know, there was a lot of slaps in the face by the Galaxy Fund office this last year. <laughs> That's um, unfortunately this, true, Andrew. You're right. This has to be the biggest slap in the face. They unretired Kobe's number, a real legend. A not a big name, somebody that we have retired as retired as a legend, retired his number, which is something they don't do yep. in this sport. We retired his number for this guy to come here and then spit on our face when he leaves, too. That, this is the biggest disappointment probably as a Galaxy fan for me. Andrew, uh, to, Jones. you bring up a good point. You unretire number 13 and give it to that Jones rather than the great Kobe Jones. I mean, and then to just disgracefully say this stuff after you leave. And by the way, Jermaine, you should have been gone after that season. There's no way to keep him around, Andrew. There was no point. He knows it. Why are you mouthing off like that? You're not. That's not professional. Really disappointing. And Andrew, this is a guy I love from the U.S. men's national team. He always, He gave his best effort, even though he was hurt a lot. He wasn't great with the Galaxy. It wasn't like he didn't try. It's just so disappointing. Utterly disappointing. Andrew, thank you for the phone call and for hanging on there. And it was just, it's just, you cannot do that as a professional. Look, I understand you get upset. The team lets you go. Why are you bashing me as a Galaxy fan? I loved Alan Gordon's time here. I loved the great Mike McGee. And guys who weren't the biggest names in the world when they first started. Kevin Hartman, who became legends and Robin Fraser and Greg Vanny. Don't tell me we didn't root we only rooted for David Beckham. Shut up. For one thing, they were most Galaxy fans were on Beckham's back from the jump. And then remember he he worked his guts out and won us over by winning. Unlike what you did, Jermaine. The wrong Jones wearing number 13 for the Galaxy. It's a good point. Should have never done that. Oh, this guy seriously? Really, it's bad enough on Twitter. He hits me up at Talk Soccer. This guy at Soccer Hater at Soccer Hater. I got to Mark. I, I all right. Soccer Hater Al, what's up? What's up, Dave? You just got the newsflash that that fans root for stars. Is is that what I'm hearing from you? No, Soccer Hater Al. Take the wax out of your ears, like you're always misinterpreting what I'm saying. The Galaxy have always supported all our players. 
stars and non-stars. Yeah, here's the problem, Dave. The Galaxy fans, from your vantage point, you're in this bubble, right? You're in the top 3% of nut jobs that root for this obscure uh, MLS franchise in Los Angeles. But you don't see the the 97% of the fans that that are casual fans that don't know anybody not named David Beckham or – that that little person, Landon Donovan, if he still plays for you guys, I have no idea. I don't know who the third most popular Galaxy player is of all time. Is it, is it I know Tony who the third Lansford? most popular caller is tonight. I'll tell you that much, soccer hater, Al. You disgrace. Get him up. No, get him out. That was good stuff, actually. Up until that point, he went too far. Soccer hater, Al, always goes too far. I get it. He hates the beautiful game. And it's a frustration with him. Don't you dare go follow him on Twitter, at SoccerHaterAl. Don't you dare do what I've done and follow him. Don't even think about it. You can follow me at TalkSoccer. Here's an interesting one from at Core underscore J Doe. He says, I sort of agree with JJ. LA Galaxy has forgotten about the Central American fans. Those fans and the players carried the Galaxy before Beckham arrived. Look, I, I understand. And in fairness, Siggy Schmid is going back to the Americas. They are going to scout Central and South America more. Remember, it was Siggy Schmid who found us the great Carlos Ruiz. It was Siggy. That was his finding. And yes, I long for the days of the great Mauricio Cienfuegos running the break like he was Magic Johnson. I'd kill for that. So hopefully we can get back to that, Jado. I get your point, but I don't agree with Jermaine Jones in that we diehard Galaxy fans, are we are supporters through and through. Good Lord, we had droves of people going to the, the, the crap we saw this year on the pitch. And still people went time and time and game and game again. Speaking of games, I got to tell you about the biggest piece of garbage game I've ever witnessed with my own two eyes. I got a buddy of mine. We'll call him Boston Brighton Matt. And uh, he's, a you know, one of my best friends. Good dude. Bottom line. And he loves the beautiful game. I've, uh, I feel like part of that is because of me over the years. I feel like I've had a good influence on him in that case. Not entirely, of course. But now he, uh, uh, Boston Brighton Matt now lives over it in the, across the pond in Brighton. And has become a fan of a team, Brighton and Hove Albion, right? We all know the Premiership. They're a top flight team. And all I keep hearing about is how the Premiership is just the greatest league ever, and every team could just destroy MLS team 6-0, right? So I ordered up the NBC uh, season pass for the Premier League with my buddy because he wanted to watch. He's here visiting. Wanted to watch Brighton versus Crystal Palace, right? A good London club. They've been around for hundreds of years. They must be fantastic. They play in the Premiership. They must be better than anything I witness every week. Certainly they're better than the stinking L.A. Galaxy, the worst team in MLS, right? And then I watched Brighton and Crystal Palace with my buddy through gritted teeth because I couldn't tell him the truth because he loves his Brighton. And they drew nil-nil, and it was the single worst game I've seen in a very long time, maybe ever. Garbage. Up and down the pitch, these two teams could not score if their lives depended on it. Oh, I know you'll tell me it was the it was the Premiership defense, Dave. It was such great defending. No, it was garbage offense from the from the first whistle to the last that mercifully finished that game for me. Ninety four minutes. I'll never get back in my life. A waste of an hour and a half of my life. 
And everybody tells me all the time, Denholm, this is the premiership. How dare you deign to tell me about your garbage MLS soccer hater, Al? I thought, well, of course, these teams, I know they're, you know, Crystal Palace is at the bottom. I get it. They're struggling. But Brighton is in the middle, is in mid-table. Of course they would wallop all over MLS teams, wouldn't they? No. The garbage I saw for 90 minutes, there are at least five Galaxy players right now that would they would be begging to have on Brighton or Crystal Palace. And on Crystal Palace, is about seven of them. And the Galaxy were garbage themselves this year. Awful. Worst team in MLS. My LA Galaxy. And we all know this. This is, I mean, this is a fact. They were awful. You Are you kidding me? Those two teams, the chairman of those two clubs, Crystal Palace and Brighton, would cut off his right or left arm to have either Dos Santos' brother and, and Alessandrini on their team. They'd be begging for them. They'd be stars on this garbage teams. Terrible teams. And don't tell me, well, you picked the two worst teams. What does it matter? You keep telling me that MLS clubs aren't even worthy of the championship. By, way, by the way, Brighton dominated the championship last season slapping it around and finally finishing in a the second spot. So uh, what which is it? Which is it? Brighton is mid-table. They've beaten some teams already in the Premiership. Yes, Crystal Palace is struggling. If either if anybody dares to tell me again that a team like Toronto FC is worse than these teams, Toronto FC, there are eight starters on TFC and a couple of guys on the bench that would start for either of those garbage clubs in the premiership. Terrible clubs. These teams are terrible. They got nothing but money to spend, and that's what they put together. Christian Benteke running circles around himself, getting lost because there's nobody there to feed him the ball. They would kill. Crystal Palace would kill. They would bury somebody in the Vegas desert to get Michael Bradley or Victor Vasquez or Josie Altidore or all of them. Or Sebastian Jovinko, are you kidding me? Jovinko's too good for those teams. He wouldn't even bother with these clubs. He'd shoo them away. Get away from me. Of course Jovinko's too good for those teams. So stop trying to feed me that garbage all the time. It's just not true. You're blinding yourself to it. Truly, go ahead and watch. Really watch with a little bit of open-mindedness. Did you see the Toronto FC goal yesterday in the Eastern Conference Championship? And I don't say this lightly, if you put Barcelona jerseys on them, you wouldn't have been surprised and you'd be saying it was one of the best goals you've seen all year. Go watch it. I mean, I'm not just, I don't like Toronto FC. I think they're the best team I've ever seen in MLS. But I don't, I mean, I have nothing for them. I had no interest in Toronto FC. But that, that goal, you go ahead and put Real Madrid jerseys on them and squint a little bit so you didn't notice who the guys were. You'd be like, holy cow, that's one of the best goals I've seen. But now nah, it's an MLS game. Doesn't matter. Of course, the Premiership. All those teams will blow them away. The, the MLS teams belong in Division Two over there, or League Three, or League Two, or the Conference. Shut up! If you've ever said those words, you're an idiot. There, I said it. You are an idiot. And shame on you. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. 877-710-3776. Don't even bother going to try to watch a replay of that Brighton New, uh, Crystal Palace game unless you have massive a massive case of insomnia. If you are on your death's door because you have not slept for like 17 days straight, 
Don't even bother going to watch. There's no highlights to watch. It was nil-nil and it was awful. Don't, don't you dare go watch those 94 minutes unless you are in desperate need of sleep. I'm Dave Denholm, and you are lucky to be listening to Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. You know what I love about that Eastern Conference final on Wednesday in MLS? Toronto, TFC hosting Columbus Crew after a nil-nil draw in the first leg. Toronto FC getting the win on a brilliant goal from Josie Altidore. The play that he and Victor Vasquez made along with Sebastian Javinko was top quality, and it fully deserved a goal. And defensively, they were rock solid and held on for the 1-0 victory over a very good and very dogged Columbus crew team. You know what I love about that match? When Toronto FC scored and went up 1-0, right? It was still teetering on the brink. Columbus just needed a goal. They would win on the away goal at 1-1. We all know this after the nil-nil. And so did Greg Vanny, the manager of TFC. I had my doubts about Vanny over the years. He has proven me wrong, and I'll tell you why. When Toronto scored with, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes left, right, second half, they did not put back into a shell for the next 10, 15, 20 minutes trying to hold on to the lead. They knew. Vanny knew if you give up even a garbage goal, it could be the end of you. They kept attacking. In fact, Josie Altidore was hurt even when he scored the goal, right? He gets subbed out. Oh, would I love to have Armando Cooper coming in as my backup forward. The Galaxy could use him as a starter. So they have enough depth, right? They bring in, they bring in an attacker like Cooper to take over for Altidore. So many MLS coaches, <coughs> Bruce Arena, would have just put in a defender and tried to hang on. And Greg Vanny said, no, we might need two. We might even need three. And they kept attacking. It was a small thing, but it was brilliant. And it wasn't what many MLS coaches would have done. And I have to call him out for that publicly and praise him for it. We don't just destroy people here on Soccer Weekly who deserve it. We praise people who deserve it. It is Soccer Weekly here on ESPN LA 710. What a performance for Toronto FC. They deserve to be hosting MLS Cup again. It's the best team I've ever seen in MLS. Doesn't mean they're going to win one game final. We saw it last year. Seattle got them. Doesn't mean that Toronto FC is going to win, but they are the best team I've ever seen. And they deserve it. And they absolutely deserve it. Hit me up on Twitter, at Talk Soccer. I want to know what you thought about the TFC. Overall, in history, are they the best team you've seen in MLS? There have been some good ones over the years. We've had some good ones here in Los Angeles. But they're the best. You know what also is the best? It's my favorite segment of the show. It's your favorite segment of the show. It's stoppage time. And he's everybody's favorite as well, the great producer of this show, the fabulous Mario Reyes. Mario, welcome again, buddy. What's happening, Dave? What's happening? Not too much, brother. All right, so with the World Cup creeping up on football fans worldwide, England fans have already been warned not to get too drunk while in <laughs> Russia for the World Cup. Ahead of uh, Friday's World Cup draw, which you're excited for, right? Oh, no, not at all. I, I refuse to watch. Mario, on, thank Dave. you for the, seg- for the segue. I will not watch. It is too painful. I love the World Cup draw. No, you're going to watch, right? And I can't watch it. No. What? No, we're not in this it. This is exciting stuff here. It is. Oh. It's killing me that we're not in it. It will, hurt. it will kill me tomorrow if I watch that. I can't do it. Okay, so uh, Russian tourism official Igor Korzov said that incidents may be avoided if England fans are moderate in their drinking and that police will be monitoring for uh, disorderly supporters. Now, remember, Dave, uh, two fans were left in comas after uh, England and Russia met at uh, Euro 2016. So it's it's a good thing that Russia's getting ahead of this, right? Yeah, England fans warned not to get too drunk, Mario. That's like warning me, Dave, don't get too fat. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Not happening? 
Yeah, I'm I don't sorry. think it's happening either. Oh, speaking of which, Mario, I got to tell this story, right? Uh-huh. I am the worst human being on the planet. Why is that? The worst. I am a scum. Nah. I am an awful human being for what I did yesterday. Okay. I, I got to hear this. I go to my dentist every year, Burbank, right? Twice a year. So every time I go, I stop at Yummy Cupcakes in Burbank. I mean, they're great. Uh, they're not a sponsor of the show, but they're fantastic. <laughs> Apropos, appropriately named, right? Well, every, you know, each week I play poker with my buddies at one of our buddies' house. He's been hosting it for a dozen years or more. His wife is a saint, right? Puts up with us every week, but it was her birthday. I decided, you know what? You got to celebrate. I'm going to get my three cupcakes. Yep. And I'm going to get her one, right? Why not? <laughs> of course. You got to buy four at a time. You get a little, you know, whatever. Why not? So it's, it's, they fit in the box better when you get four. So I uh, plow through mine, and I have to then take it. You know, I put it, I left, it, left it out to take for her later that night. Well, my buddy who's Brighton, you know, Boston Brighton Matt, who I talked about, he wants to go to dinner beforehand before we go play. So I think to myself, the cupcake just won't be any good in the car after that long. So That's true. I plowed through her birthday cupcake. Yeah, you do what you got to do, man. I I did what I had to do. Look, you can't waste a cupcake from Yummy Cupcakes. That's the bottom line. I'm a bad human being. I destroyed her birthday present. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. It was too good. With that that cream cheese uh, frosting, it went down easy. That's all I'll say. The great Mario Reese, Jorge Briones, and me, Dave Dadholm, thank you so much for listening to Soccer Weekly here on ESPN LA 710.